0: A'udhu um,>. Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillah rahman rahim Alhamdulillah Wa Salatu Wa Salam Ala Rasulullah Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Ajma'een Assalamualaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh Alhamdulillah we're at Surah Al-Humazah today Surah number 104 10 more surahs to go inshallah Nearly there So just to do a quick recap on where we are And what's going on exactly in the Mus'haf In terms of the surahs before Okay, so that we can understand the flow. So yesterday we looked at which surah? Al-Hakm al-Takathur. What was the main theme of Al-Hakm al-Takathur? That people have been distracted. Distracted and they're just accumulating, accumulating, accumulating worldly things for their own benefit. Right? There's nothing wrong with accumulating worldly things, but if you do it for Allah's sake, you get rewarded. If you do it for selfish reasons, what happens? It will be like that mountain. Kal al-manfush. وَتَكُونُ الْجِبَالُ الْمَنْفُوشِ Like that mountain that is nothing but dust, nothing but cotton. Okay? So that was تَكَاثُر. And then earlier this afternoon, we looked at Surah Al-Asr, which pretty much talked about the same thing. People with no purpose in life. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defines to us the formula of um, success. What does, what does a human being or what does a believer have to do to pass in the exam of this life? So, you know, four things were there. Belief, لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Four things that if the human being does, then he will pass. And if you don't do one of the four, then you fail. Basically, it's a very simple formula. And if you guys didn't attend, then I highly recommend you to listen to that because uh, it is pretty much a summary of the entire Qur'an. Imam al-Shafi said that if a believer just understood Surah Al-Asr, which is three ayat, Kafat. It would be enough for him, it will be sufficient for you to understand the overall message of the Qur'an. And so in Surah Al-Asr, Allah swore by time. Why? Because time is the biggest evidence and the biggest proof that human beings will be losers. Because time is the number one reason why human beings aren't doing what they're supposed to do. You know, why aren't human beings getting on the right track? They're always busy with other things, right? Being distracted constantly. With entertainment, with you know, useless things, with just following their desires and doing nothing productive in life. Whereas in Surah al we said that the human being, he has a purpose in life. He was created for a purpose. His purpose was what? Yes, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but how do we worship Allah? Is it just fasting, praying, doing, paying your zakat and hajj, that's it? No. You fix this earth. You are responsible to make this world a better place. You are responsible to do something that will benefit humanity before you die. That is the responsibility of man. That is what makes us different than, than animals. Animals were created to eat, drink, drink, sleep, have babies and die. Whereas we have a higher purpose. There's a lot of problems all, on earth. There's bloodshed, there's corruption, there's injustice, there's people cheating, there's you know, shamelessness. Who's going to fix all these problems? It is us. So instead of sitting in the back seat, a believer steps up and does tries to do something. Whatever Allah has blessed him with, you try to use that blessing, that na'im that Allah will ask us about, you use it to serve and please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's basically the summary of our mission, right? Our objective in life. But what does shaitan do? Shaitan makes us forget this. He makes us forget our purpose. He makes us forget who we are, why we're here. And we get busy with unnecessary things. And so, Surat al-Humaza talks about another thing that human beings start doing when they don't have a purpose in life. When someone doesn't have a vision in life, when you don't have a purpose, then you have a lot of free time, okay? And in free time, one of the most common things we end up doing is hurting other people, being insensitive to people, talking about people behind their backs. This is what Surat al-Humaza is about, you know? talking talking about people behind their backs in a way that will insult them and talking to them in a way that will insult them, subhanAllah. And you know this topic of, remember I told you there are three types of minds? Large, medium, small. Large minds talk about big things. They they talk about ideas. They talk about how to solve the world's problems. They talk talk about purpose of life. Big things. Quran talks about big things. The medium-sized minds, they talk about people. They're involved in gossip, they're involved in you know, following celebrities and athletes and actors and, and get, just getting news of people. They're constantly either gossiping or talking about people behind their backs. That's all they're concerned about. As for small minded people, they, they don't even. All they talk about is things gadgets, phones, cars, bags, shoes, clothes, you know, just things. That's all their life is all about. That's all, it, that's all there is. And so, you know, this is what Surah Al-Takathir is going to talk about. And by the way, interestingly, this is the last Surah in the Mus'haf that's going to talk about the Day of Judgment. And it's actually a very, very tough ending. In the entire Quran, this is the last Surah that will talk about the Day of Judgment. And and some Mufassirun went to say that this Surah is actually the toughest when it comes to describing the Day of Judgment. It's the most most, uh, horrific scene because Allah uses a special word that he has never used anywhere else in the Quran he calls this fire narullah he calls it the fire of Allah which makes it a big deal right narullah so let's let's look at what's really going on with this surah and why is it such a big deal and how is it placed in the surah and in this context of this surah so a'udhu billahi shaitan rajeem wa Allah says that the most worst destruction is upon the humaza and lumaza. Let's talk about the destruction word now, wailun. Wailun. There's a lot of different you know, interpretations of what this means. One of them is the worst possible destruction. And some ulama went to say that wail is actually a part of hellfire which wants, it's so, you know, it's it can't stand being so hot that it wants Allah to destroy it. So a part of fire that wants Allah to destroy it Because of how fiercely hot it is, it can't stand its own existence. That is what wail is. Some people say wail means I am destroyed, and this used to be used for the Arabs for a long time. But wail is a very, very serious, you know, threat in terms of the description of the day of 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 hellfire on the day of judgment. Wailun. It's a very, very serious. So when when you say wailun, you gotta be alert. What what's so serious? You know, anytime you read it in the Quran, it's it's probably mentioned about twenty-seven times, ten of them in Surah al Mursalat. Okay, Where Allah says al So whenever Allah says we shouldn't just read it casually. You know, don't read it. No, stop and think. What is this thing? It's a big deal. Okay, and this sometimes is lost in translation. When you just read, oh, "I'm destroyed," you just move on. I'm destroyed, but not a big deal. But wailun is a big deal. So Allah is saying, wailun li kulli humazatin lumazah for every humaza and lumaza. Now what is the difference between humaza and what is the difference between humaza and lumaza? There's a lot of differences of opinion here, but one of the common and, and majority opinion was humaza is when you hurt somebody behind their back. And it's usually subtle, you know? Behind their back. And you usually, you're not using your tongue there. It's usually body gestures or it's you know, your eyes or something. Whereas lumaza is when you use your tongue. And, and lumaza is usually when you do it in front of the person. Okay, so there's two, two things that Allah is saying, whoever does will be destroyed. Humaza, talking badly about people behind their backs. And another you know, view, insulting someone with gestures, not with words whereas lumaza is talking to them and insulting them in front of them humiliating them in front of them using you know bad words or whatever and using your tongue to do that okay using your tongue lumaza what's more common by the way hurting people in front of their faces or behind them of course behind them is easier right there's no consequences you can just go on and on and on and you don't have to feel bad about it and so that's why humaza came first it's more serious Lumaza. and you know this type of person. He, this is his casual talk. Like casually, he just keeps talking like this. And this is for him. Uh, you know, like at work, I see this a lot. People just, you know, over breakfast break, just casual talking about people behind their backs, backbiting. You know, riba. Riba is talking behind someone behind their back. That's a classic example of humaza. What is riba? Why is it such a big deal? Riba is talking behind someone's back in a manner that you would not talk about him in front of him. And and ghibah is when you say something true about the person behind their back that you would not say had they been present. Okay? Very simple. Talking about someone behind their back in a manner that you would not had they been present. And this is something true about them. You know? So if someone is, is, let's say, obese... He's not in the room and you're making fun of them, you're cracking jokes, look at that guy, you know, he looks like Mission Entire or whatever. That is riba, Because it's true, he is obese, mashallah, right? But had he been there, you would not have said that. You only said it when he was not there, ghibah. Is that a small thing or a big thing in Islam? What do you think? It's a, it's a kabirah. You have minor sins, major sins. Minor sins, if you do hasanat, they delete the minor sins. But major sins... It requires proper like, repentance and tawbah. You've got to do all four conditions of tawbah. Who knows what the conditions of Toba are? Otherwise, you're not forgiven for this sin, basically. Condition number one, stopping it. Condition number two, promising never to do it again, having that regret, right? And then number four is apologizing to that person. Imagine, you have to literally call him up and say, listen, I know you're, you're fat, but, you know, I spoke about uh, you today in, in the office and I'm so sorry. And you need to forgive me because if you don't forgive me, then this is a major sin on my record. Imagine. How many people do that? And, you know, Ramadan comes and you're making dua, oh, Allah, forgive me, forgive me. Yeah, Allah will forgive you for, you know, not waking up for Fajr. Allah will forgive you for that, you know, wrong glance. Allah will forgive you for not, you know, reading Quran. But when it comes to haququq al-ibad, when it comes to the rights of people... That's between you and them to settle You can make as many du'as as you want If you don't settle this with that person that you hurt That person that you hurt behind their back It's, it's there you, And he's going to ask for it on the Day of Judgment He's going to ask for it on the Day of Judgment So it's a pretty serious thing Pretty serious thing This humaza this lumaza business, right? And so The fourth one is apologizing to them So let's refresh Stopping the then, Okay You stop doing it. Number two is feeling bad about it, right? So you you feel regretful about it. Number three is promising not to do it again. You have a commitment not to do it again. And number four is apologizing to the person if it involves someone else, right? If it involves someone else. Then you apologize to that person and you you ask them to forgive you, okay? Um, And so, How does this apply to the context of the Prophet ﷺ and the Know, situation in Mecca now because we got to understand the situation right there is the Prophet being ridiculed in his face or no in his face by who by Quraysh by his own family so just put this into perspective because sometimes you know we don't we read the Quran without putting it into perspective the Prophet out of all the people you know the best crea- of, of all creation being insulted in his face By his own family And with the worst kind of accusations To the point where they're about to kill him even right? They want to kill him So imagine what the Prophet ﷺ is going through So in a way this surah is what? It's it's consolation to the Prophet ﷺ, right? Allah is telling the Prophet ﷺ Don't worry, I'm going to take care of them They're insulting you They have wail coming They have hutama coming for him Okay? You just keep doing your, your job Keep fulfilling your mission and, you know, a very, very important point here that's a lesson for all of us. Anything that comes out from the tongue or any gesture, right? And, you know, humazah could also mean like, you know how in the car you're driving and, um, you know, someone just comes past you and, and you know, cuts, cuts, cuts you away and, you know, he does this to you or gives you the finger or whatever. This is humazah also. Humaz, he didn't use his tongue, but he he insulted you, he offended you, right? And he uses gesture, subhanallah. That is humaz also. And you know uh, uh, there another word. So there's hems, lems, and ghams. These three are similar words. Hems is when you use your body language. Lems is with the tongue, and ghams is with the eyes. When you tell your friend, you know, your, there's a brother there who's eating a lot, and you tell your friend. You know? This is limbs. This is limbs also. They're all from the same family though. You're insulting but using your eyes. Okay? Sometimes, you know, uh, someone uh, like your parents shout at you and you give them the look, you know? They're not looking. They're looking at the TV but you, you look at them like that. That's recorded. The angel has recorded that. That look. So subhanAllah, our actions, our bodily actions, we will be responsible for. And we, we've talked about this earlier that you know our body parts will be testifying against us on the day of judgment. That we won't be speaking, the hand will speak. That finger will speak. You know? The eyes will speak, the tongue will speak. He said this is that. And so, you know, the Prophet ﷺ also said that, you know, whoever, if he's fasting, like Ramadan is a month of fasting, right? And everyone's concerned about fasting and qiyam and du'a, mashallah. But the Prophet ﷺ said that if, if it's, this fasting is not preventing you from hurting people, from doing riba, from looking at bad things, from, you know, all these bad habits, then I don't want your fasting. The Prophet ﷺ said this, your fasting is of no benefit. So fasting is not of the, just for, from food and drink. It's from these, these uh, filthy uh, characteristics that we have, you know? These habits that we have of just hurting people, making fun of people. How common is making fun of people, by the way, nowadays? Very common, right? Making fun. If you look at the whole comedy genre, it's all about making fun. Stand-up comedy is all about making fun, right? And people laughing, cracking jokes about... This nationality, that nationality, that skin color, that skin color. Comedy, technically, we are laughing at something that Allah said. We just heard it in Salah. La يسخر قوم من قوم It's a command from Allah in Surah Al-Hujurat. Do not make, let not one nation make fun of another nation. Don't make fun of people. How much do we make fun of people? It's so casual, right? That's Lumaza. Allah saying that is wail. If you're constantly just making fun of people, let's wait. You've got way. wait, it's a problem. So mocking at people, sarcas- sarcasm also, very common, right? Sarcastic comments. Namima, when you find out something about your brother, something wrong he did, you go and you spread it. Just to create tension in society. You expose his sins, right? You caught him with, with someone in the cinema. Next day, you go on WhatsApp, guess who I saw in the cinema? You've also taken a photo, and it's spread, 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 spread. This is what we're doing, you know? And nowadays, subhanAllah, when it comes to typing also, sometimes you see a video of some sheikh, and you don't like what he said on minute number 37, and so you write a comment. How dare you say something like that? This is bid'ah, this is that, you are kafir, this is that. And so people now, so casually just... This is lems with the typing now, right? You're insulting them online and this is even worse than insulting them like one on one. Why? Because that comment is gonna stay there online. You can't delete a comment, right? If you write a comment, only the owner of the page can delete it, right? Or no? So your sin is there and people are, are seeing that. They call them trolls, right? These people who follow people and they just comment negatively about certain speakers or sort they they've become you know, people who judge, judgments, evil judgments of people, ill judgments, you know. And the Prophet ﷺ warned us, do not judge people, don't do dhan. It's akhḍab al hadith, it's the worst worst kind of talk. When you judge someone that, flan, he must have done this because he, you know, he has an ego issue, or flan, he must have done this because, you know, he's angry or something accusations and doing one. this is so casual nowadays we have these accusations in our mind and we don't even realize what we're doing and so going back to the the prophet sallallahu time now there's people who the prophet ﷺ, allah subhanahu praised earlier right people who give people who are not greedy they give okay here we learn about this person that the one that does humaz alumaza he has another characteristic jama'a malan he loves accumulating wealth and counting his wealth and you know and we'll talk about it in a bit but so there's a link between this bad attitude and money why because this person is actually very greedy very very greedy and when he sees people giving around him how does he feel he feels a bit inferior right and so instead of being like them he doesn't want to give money what's the next option he has to ridicule them you know, to put them down, to humiliate them, and just to bad talk them. So that they can come down to, the, to his level, and then he doesn't have to give money. So this is an escape strategy for the greedy, the miser. Who doesn't want to give, who doesn't want to, you know, be a good person. So what, he, what does he do? He mocks at good people. He makes jokes of good people, and he, you know, tries to uh, spread ill ju- judgments about these people. This is, this is what's going on in the mind of this person. That's why they do it. They do that to justify their own corruption. You know, mocking others to justify your own corruption. And they even, we learned earlier, they even prevent people from giving. They don't even encourage. They actually discourage you. No, 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 don't give to that uncle. Remember what he told you five years ago? Remember what he did to your dad? Don't give to that person. He doesn't deserve it. They stop you from doing good. They stop you from forgiving. No, don't forgive him. How can you forgive him, man? Remember what he said? Remember what he did? Remember this? Remember he didn't come to your wedding? Remember? You know? He didn't give you your share of inheritance? And so, you want to forgive, you want to do goodness, but they will stop you. Why? Because they're corrupt. So they, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do goodness. No, they want you to do it. And so they just smoke. And if you do, do you help people? They'll make fun of you. You know, they got you, man. They scammed you. You're giving money to these people. You don't know what they're doing with the money. right? It's not going to Syria. It's not going to help people. They're buying their Mercedes and their Bentleys and this and that. So he spreads these doubts and ill judgments. Why? Just to make you feel bad that, oh, sh- maybe I shouldn't have given. Maybe he's right. You know? So this is really what's going on. This is the psychology behind it. But if you, there was one word to summarize this attitude... Okay, because Allah here is talking about attitude now. And this is, subhanAllah, this is very, very important to understand. That Quran is actually, Allah subhanAllah through the Quran, when you read it, Allah wants us to be programmed to have a certain attitude. The Quran is, you know, less than 5% is talking about halal and haram and rules, what's right, what's wrong. More than 95% of it is all talking about what? How a believer should think, how he should act. His akhlaq, his attitude. You know, So here the attitude that is being highlighted in this entire surah is the attitude of being insensitive to others. This is really the core of the matter. Being insensitive to others. You don't care about other people's feelings. You don't care. You're selfish. And the root of the problem is where it's in the heart. That's where the problem is. There is hatred. There is jealousy. There is hasad, you know? you know what hasad is, right? When your, your brother has something and you don't want him to have it. You want it to be taken away from him or you want it to come to you. This is hasad. Hasad can actually be done in a good way for only two things. When you, when you see someone who is very wealthy and he's giving a lot of charity and benefiting the ummah with his money, then you can have hasad and you say, Ya Allah, I want to be like him. That's good hasad. The other hasad is when you, someone is connected to the Qur'an he is someone he is someone who is mahir bil quran and you want to you want to be like them then you can do hasad in that these are the only two exceptions anything else worldly anything else worldly worldly you know someone has a car someone has a house if you have hasad then that's a quality of shaitan because that was shaitan's biggest problem right why did not shaitan do sajda to adam what was the root cause hasad he was jealous how i was such a pious Jinn, how come Allah created Adam and He blew into him this special thing called Ruh, which I don't have. Now he's better than me. I won't do sajda to him. Hassad issue, jealousy issue. And same thing happened with Adam's children. Qabil killed Habil. Right, these are the two sons of Adam. Qabil killed ha- Habil out of what? Out of jealousy. His wife was prettier than my wife. I'll kill him and marry his wife. You know, this is the beginning of humanity. This is how it all began. But what are these stories for? These are lessons for us, right? That we Allah wants our hearts to be clean. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants our hearts to be clean. And you know we heard also that in, in today's surah in Tarawih, Inna Akramakum Endallahi The most noble and the most honorable in the sight of Allah is the one who has more taqwa, the one who has a clean heart. The one who Illa man bi salim. Whoever, you know, goes to Allah's ta'ala with a clean, sound heart. There is no jealousy, no hatred. What is there? What does he have for his brothers? Love and mercy. And you know, just to think about it in, in real perspective, right? When, let's say, you have a brother. That you, obviously we love our brothers, right? Like blood brother, right? So if you ha- I don't have a brother, so it's a tough example, but. If you have a brother and someone talks badly about your brother in front of you, how will you feel? How dare you talk to my brother? How dare you you talk about my brother like that, man? Watch your word. Samalke, okay? It's my brother you're talking about. Don't mess with my brother. You can talk about other people, but not my brother. So technically, what we're doing is we're when it comes to my blood brother, don't mess around. But other brothers, other Muslim brothers. It's okay. So what's the problem? The problem is in the heart, right? We don't have real love for our brothers in Islam, right? That brotherhood is not there. That's the real problem here. You feel you're better than others and you have hasad. You don't want goodness for others. And The Prophet said in in this really beautiful hadith that summarizes this entire lesson that none of you is a believer until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. None of you is a believer until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. And here the word brother doesn't really mean blood brother. It means your brother in Islam. Because we're all the children of Adam. And of course this applies to sisters also. And we know when it comes to sisters getting together for coffee or chai, the stuff they talk about, right? The gossip that happens. You know? So where is this love? It's not there anymore. And you know, when your heart is not clean, when there's hatred and jealousy, then you know what happens? Then bad things come out of your tongue. That's the connection. That's when you become insensitive. You say things without caring about, well, oh, did I hurt that person or no? You know? You don't care about how you talk to that waiter or how you talk to your mother or parents or your teachers at school, you know, even your wife, how many situations we have of, you know, physical abuse between spouses. We, we see these in movies, but these are true stories. You know, husband beating up the wife. This is, you know, Luma is a big time, right? You're hurting her physically, you know, with your own hands, with your body. That hand will be a, a witness against you. And subhanAllah, you know what Allah says in this uh, beautiful surah? You know, technically when you're insensitive to others, you know what you're doing with your words and with your gestures? You are pretty much breaking them. You're breaking them, right? Psychologically, emotionally, you're breaking them. Sometimes you say a word to someone, you hurt someone, it breaks them from inside. It hurts. And Allah says, you know what kind of hellfire he will be thrown in? Al-Hutama Al-Hutama Hutama comes from the root word Hattama which means to Break up into pieces So just like this human being Through his words and his gestures and his actions He was insensitive to people and he broke them He broke their personalities He broke their character Allah will throw you in a hellfire that will break you into pieces You see how it's connected? So this idea of being insensitive to people Wallahi, this is something that we don't talk about, there's not many khutbas that go on about being sensitive to your fellow brothers and sisters in Islam. Being sensitive to the feelings of your parents. How, if I say that, how will my parents feel? If I say that, how will my brother feel? If I say that, how will my neighbor feel? If I say that, how will my boss feel? How will my colleague feel? If I say that, how will that waiter feel? If I say that, how will that guy who cleans my car feel? We're not sensitive anymore. We become desensitized desensitized, and that is because of the heart being black. There's so much rust there, you know, a lot of polishing to do. And, you know, just to give an example of desensitization, right? So, inshallah, most of you are not watching shamelessness during Ramadan, inshallah, right? You've, uh, you know, put that filter on, and uh, um, you know, VPN is off, right? Everything is in check, right? So what happens is your heart is getting clean Now you know what, if on Eid Or you know, second day or third day of Eid your you know, shaitan is out Your nafs is back, it's relaxed now so, so you know, the first moment Where you see something shameless Let's see, it's a you know, Bollywood movie And of course there's that item song that comes out And you see some, something shameless Something inappropriate How will you react? Astaghfirullah, oh, man, should I, should I see or no? Should I see? Yeah, I can see uh, No, 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 I shouldn't see so you become sensitive, right? Why? Because your heart is clean. But fast forward two weeks. You're watching and eating popcorn. You know, and your family's there, your mom is there, your sister's there, you're all watching. Dance scene, you know, singing in the rain. And it becomes normal. That becomes normal to you. Then when, you know, your Molvi uncle comes in the, in the room, he says, Astaghfirullah, what you're watching? You know, for you it's normal But for someone who is, has taqwa Who has been cleaning up his heart It's not normal That's, that's shamelessness But because you've become desensitized adi. You know, just yesterday My nephews were telling me They, they passed their exam, So they got PS4s PlayStation 4s okay? And in, you know, subhanAllah By default These devices Come with a game Free game okay? They were telling me These are Wallahi, these are seven, eight, ten-year-old kids. They were telling me that, you know, these games have such filthy language in them now. We can't even play with the volume on. We, we shut the volume, we mute it, and then we play. And like they said, the words are so bad, we can't even tell you, uncle. If, and games that children are playing. Now, imagine these kids, they keep hearing these words. Over and over and over and over and over again After six months, one year, what happens? Khalas, desensitized Adi, in each sentence There will be the F word, the A word, the S word For each alphabet Like letter, there's one word now Right? And so it com- becomes I know people like that In every sentence, they throw one word Right? And our Punjabi brothers Mashallah, they're experts in this, right? Each word, the mother comes You know, or the sister Or someone comes in why? Because khalas, it's become normal. It's part of that lifestyle now. Desensitized. But for someone who's clean in the heart, that word, no way it will come out of your mouth. No way. Not even like dirty... So there are really bad words and there are bad words, right? And there are inappropriate words. For the clean heart, the inappropriate words will not come out of his mouth. That's how sensitive he is because he has a clean heart. But for the one who has a corrupt heart... Everything is coming out of the tongue. Lying, backbiting, making fun, joking, you know, mocking, sarcasm. All these things. So being sensitive to others' feelings, guys. Wallahi, this is, yani, a really serious, serious problem. You know, just yesterday a brother was telling me how we're being insensitive to people standing next to us in prayer. Right or no? You're praying in front of Allah, but you're being insensitive. You know, you're pushing Him, you're stepping on His feet, you want to distance yourself. Your hearts are not connected, and you want to connect to Allah. How is that even possible? So, let me give you a, a tip, okay? Remember this for the rest of your life, share it with your friends and family. Our heart, its function is to make decisions. What's the function of the heart? To make decisions, okay? And for it to function properly, you got to feed it the right food. There's food that has to go, or you, know, you can call it petrol that has to go. There's fuel that needs to be put into the heart for it to function properly, for it to make the right decisions. What is that food? Two things. Love and mercy. Love and mercy is the food for the heart. You got to keep feeding it, love, 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 I love my brother, I love my neighbor, I love this guy who cleans my car, I, lo- I love that waiter, mercy, 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 love, mercy, love, mercy. This is where our deen started, right? Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, rahman Ar-Rahim, the most loving, the most merciful. Why did Allah keep these two names? When, whenever you say something, start something, you say, Bismillah Ar-Rahman rahim Why Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim always comes up? Allah is reminding us, I am loving and merciful and I want you also to be loving and merciful. This is the beginning of deen, this is the beginning of Fatiha, beginning of the Qur'an. If you don't have love and mercy in your heart, don't bother reading on. Don't don't bother going to the next pages. Get this right, this is the foundation, this is the ABC, love and mercy. When, and wallahi brothers and sisters are watching this, when there is love and mercy in your heart, then good things, then your heart will make the right decisions. You will decide to say the right things to people around you. You will think twice before hurting someone. Why? Because love and mercy is the core in the heart. You will decide to see, you know, or decide to say things that will, uh, will be of kindness, things thing that will make people happy. You will say good things to your wife. Nowadays, you know, relationship with wife is only good in the first month, right, on the honeymoon. And second month, third month, halas, we we treat her like the you know housemaid. And how mother and you know some mother-in-laws treat their you know daughter-in-laws, they treat them like housemaids. And they insult them, in their phrase, this is lumaza, not even like humaza. And the stuff that goes on over the phone. And the phone is another problem, mashallah now, with like free calls, unlimited, all night long, all night long gossip, you know. And some sisters I see them at work using the office phone for gossiping, you know, talking about this girl, that girl, that. And you know, another disease in our society is talking behind the boss or the emir or the leader. This is called najwa. Okay, a lot of people don't know this stuff, so pay attention. So usually what happens is the leader or the CEO or the manager meets with the team, right? And, you know, he says, this is what we're going to do, what what do you guys think? Anyone has any suggestions, any clue? Everyone's saying, okay, okay, okay. In the heart, everyone's like, what's this guy talking about? This guy is an idiot. This guy has no clue what he's talking about. No one's saying it out. But then the moment the boss tells him, anyone wants to say anything? All clear? You're all fine? Everyone's like, yeah, all fine, all fine. The moment they leave, they go on a cigarette break, and what happens? This guy, man, this manager, he has no clue what he's saying. He's so stupid, he's so dumb. You know? This is called Najwa. Innaman Najwa shaytan. This is from shaytan. You want to say something, say it in front. If you say it in the back, Najwa. This is like a type of ghibah that's special for Institutions now. And this destroys institutional work, destroys even voluntary work when you speak behind the boss or the emir. You want to say something, say it up front. You know? But people don't speak up. They don't have the guts to do that. So pointing out flaws is another one. Pointing out the flaws of your brother in front of people, degrading him, humiliating him in front of others. You know, just to just you know, prove a point. These are all diseases that are coming because the heart is not making the right decisions, guys. There, if there is no love, it's a very simple formula. If there is no love and mercy, bad things will come out of your tongue. If there is love and mercy, kind words will come out of your tongue. It's very simple, right? It's not complicated. But having that love and mercy in the heart... You know, the, the ulama of spirituality, you know, they give a very amazing advice. You know, some of you might have this question How can I replace hatred and hasad with love and mercy for my brother? Very simple. You know what to do? Make dua for them. Make dua for them. Forgive them and make dua for them. Because when you start making dua for them in, in the ghaib, indirectly, your heart is cleaning. Because would you make du'a for someone you hate? Is it possible? It's impossible, right? And you would only make du'a for someone if you cared, if you had some, some mercy in your heart. And so if, when you start making du'a, Ya Allah, please grant him Jannah. Grant him Jannah to al Aala, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive him for all his sins. Ya Allah, guide him. This will start cleaning up the heart. And you know, the Prophet ﷺ told us that any du'a you make for your brother behind their back secretly, it's guaranteed acceptance. Yustajab. Guaranteed. It's amazing, isn't it? So, we all, we all know what the problem is. We all know what the solution is now, guys. And subhanAllah, when it comes to, you know, there's sometimes you, you say things to insult religion. Now, that's going into the, you know, riba and namima, these are pretty kabair dunub, right? Really messed up. The Prophet you know when he went to Mi'raj? When he went to, to a tour of Jannah? Jibreel was with him. They're doing this. Jibreel is like the tour guide. He's showing him around, you know. And he sees a man who has nails of copper. And he's scratching his face and his chest. He's scratching his face and his chest. Rasulullah ﷺ got horrified with the scene. And he asked Jibreel, who is this person? He said, this is the one who does ghibah. This is the backbiter." is the backbiter. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that sometimes a human being says one word without realizing its consequences and it could take him 70 levels below into the hellfire. Just from that word that you say to someone hurtfully. Without knowing, without having that sensitivity. So, these are all haram things you can say, okay? But the ulama say that there's Certain things you say, if you say them, then you're in the kufr zone. Then you're pretty much in danger zone. This is when you start making fun of religion and religious people. Is that common, by the way? Making fun of people with beards, making fun of you know, women with niqab and hijab, and cracking jokes about people with short thawb. Right or no? This, you're insulting sunnah, you're insulting deen. This is danger zone. And this is so common nowadays. So, so common. You see, you know, cartoons made about, you know, joking about Muslims making cartoons about religious people, columns being written on the newspaper, right? Very common. So, we gotta be very, very careful, guys. So, let's talk about this. Alladhi jama'a mala mu'addadah now. So, this person who does humaza, his main problem is love of wealth. And, you know, I read something very interesting. That Jesus has said, okay, in the Bible, in Matthew Isa salam said That keep your wealth with Allah Keep your wealth with Allah Because your heart will be with your wealth It's a very deep statement by the way Always keep your money with Allah Because your heart is with your wealth Allah said it, right? The human being, he loves wealth. So, what was Isa's advice? He didn't say, Don't love wealth. He said, What? This wealth that you love, keep it with Allah. You'll be safe. Don't keep it in your pocket. Keep it with Allah, then you'll be fine. Because this love of wealth is, is inbuilt in us anyway. You know? So, you know, what it means? He collects any kind of money. Here Allah is hinting to the fact that this guy doesn't care Is it halal, haram, riba, cheating, rishwa, bribery Whatever money comes, just come, come, accumulate <inaudible> He just wants to you know, accumulate wealth And then And he counted it Now here confusion can happen Is it wrong to calculate your account, balances, reconciliation and auditing and budgeting Is that wrong? No. Here, this person is counting it in a way where he is paranoid and he just wants to keep money for himself. He does not want to give away. Budgeting is good, inshallah. And saving is good and all that. But here, this person is paranoid. And you know, I had, I had a friend in Saudi who once told me the story of their uncle. Their uncle, you know, they grew up and their family were very moderate. They're living in a flat with you know very modest or very like moderate and conservative lifestyle. When their father died, they realized, that family realized, that he had millions of riyals in the bank account. But his entire life, he had pretty much never spent on them, never on himself, never in charity, nothing. He was saving the money. For what? This is this person here. wa He's just saving his money. He thinks his money will continue giving him life. He thinks that this wealth will give him eternal life. He doesn't like to spend nothing. Stingy, greedy. You know, this is, this is the psychology of this person. الَّذِي جَمْعَ مَالًا وَعَدَّدَهُ Wherever it comes from. And Allah here is saying that, you know, مالا, Allah is giving it like, it's worth nothing, this insignificant. You're, you're so concerned about money. Give this money, help people. But what's this problem? He has no yaqeen. Remember we talked about yaqeen yesterday, certainty that when you give money, it is transferred in your Jannah account. It's not, your account's not going in the minus. It's just being transferred to your Jannah account. And Allah's guaranteed that it will be multiplied 700 times. Guaranteed. But when there, you have no yaqeen, then you will be hesitant to give. So this guy, he's attached to this world. He has greed in him. His heart not only does it, he has hatred and anger and jealousy, there's also greed and miserliness. Doesn't like to give. This is what's happening in the heart. He thinks that money will give him eternal life. This also means that he thinks that he can buy Jannah with his money. He's saving up so that. He thinks he can bribe the Malik al you know, or the angel of the grave to upgrade him, you know, to upgrade his grave from economy to business. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And you know, this, this idea of wanting to live forever, this is actually human nature. Adam alayhi salam mm-hmm. had this. This was actually the hook that shaitan used to get Adam and Hawa to eat from the tree What was the hook? He promised them that if you eat from the tree You will live forever So this is a human um, You know, we're, we're built in with this desire And Allah has satisfied this, desi- this desire Right? With Jannah That's why Jannah is forever Because we want this thing And even, you know, people who don't believe in Jannah You know what they do in their life They try to like, you know Let's say build a building Or, you know make a library and put your name there. So at least your name, and you, maybe you build a monument of yourself, so that your name and your presence can continue even after you die. This is human need, you know, to have khulud. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kalla. No, this, what He's doing is wrong. Kalla la fil hutama. There is no doubt about it. This guy will be thrown in hutama, that crusher. He used to crush people's feelings, he used to destroy people's feelings, he had no sensitivity. He will be thrown in the hellfire of hutama, from tahteem, to crush. You know something interesting about tahteem is tahteem is, is usually used for glass. Okay? And there's a mu'jizah in the Quran actually. Because you know the, the, you know, the story where ants were speaking about Suleiman Alayhis salam coming, so, you know, the ant that stands up and says, guys, guys, Suleiman's coming. Be careful. لَيَحْطِمَنَّكُمْ She says, the ant says, Suleiman is going to crush us. And so this tahteem is used for a specific type of material that ants are made of. It's actually a scientific miracle. There's other words in the Arabic language for destruction or crushing. But why specifically tahteem was used? Because it's used for that, the same material that the ant is made of, that is what tahteem is used for. So tahteem, crushing the bones, crushing the flesh, completely being thrown. And la yumbadhanna, nabdh means to throw something that's worthless. This was given to Fir'aun. when nabadhna fil yam. You know, we just threw them in the. They, were, they drowned. They were worthless. They were, you know, filthy. Then Allah says, What clue do you have what khutama is? Let me tell you. Na'rullah muqada. It is the naar of Allah al It's eternally fueled. You know how like when we go to the desert we, we have a fire, right? But what do you have to keep doing after half an hour? Adding wood, right? Because the fire keeps going away. Allah is saying, This fire it will never be. Set off. It's continuously being fueled. Continuously being fueled. And guys, Narullah. you know. It's a it's a pretty serious thing. Narullah al muqadda. What does it do? al afida. This heart, it goes for the or this fire goes for the hearts. al afida. It seeks to attack the heart. Why? Because what was this man's problem? Where was the greed in the heart? Where was the stinginess in the heart? Where was the anger and jealousy and hatred? There was no love, no mercy, right? So the fire, Allah here is telling us the core problem and how Allah is going to make the fire attack the core problem. The core problem is in the heart. And here, you know, I want to tell you a difference, a subtle difference between the word qalb in the Qur'an and Fuad. There's two words for heart. Very interesting how Allah uses them differently. Qalb is used for a very calm, peaceful heart. Fuad is used for a heart that's full of emotion. That emotion could be, you know, depression or uh, anxiety or anger or fear. You know, something that l- fires up the heart. That's called Fuad. But when it's calm and relaxed, it's Qalb. And so interestingly, in Musa Alayhi story, you know, Allah says, فَأَصْبَحَ فُؤَادُ أُمِّي مُوسَى When she threw Musa in the river, Allah used the word fu'ad. Her fu'ad became empty. Why did he use fu'ad? What was going on in her heart? Concern and worry and depression. And you know, she's, wor- she's concerned. Is my son alive? Is he not? Did the fish eat him? Did he flip over? Did he drown? Is he thirsty? Is he hungry? Right? So fu'ad. But then Allah says, "Laula أَنْ رَبَطْنَا على قلبها. Then we tied up her heart. It became qalb. It became peaceful. See the precision of choice of word in the in the uh, Quran it's, it's beautiful so here Allah used the word afida why because this is lit up with fear now this heart is lit up with fear and so Allah didn't say tatluu ala qulub he said afida these you know enlightened hearts these flamed up hearts and you know what's interesting about you know the human body Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the two most precious things that Allah has given us is the mind and the heart okay like in terms of organs. And if you think about protection, these are the top most protected organs of our body. The, the mind is protected with what we call the skull, right? Very, very like strong structure of the, of the, that's protecting the mind. And what about the heart? The ribcage, protecting it fully. All other organs are pretty much like, I mean, your, your productive things, there's no protection for it. Yeah. Someone kicks you there or a ball hits you, you're gone, yeah, right? But the mind and the heart protection. Allah is teaching us through our human body what's precious, subhanAllah. But what are we doing with the heart? Yes, it's physically protected but there's a lot of poison inside, right? A lot of negative things. And then Allah says, إِنَّهَا Very beautiful word here. Yeah means that it is closed down on them this fire okay it's closed down so there's interpretation that there's walls okay and there is a lid on top so pretty much there's no escape there's a wall in front of them wall in the back and a lid on top very very interesting and you know this is referred to in surah yasin also you know min baini aydihim saddan min khalfihim saddan We put a barrier in front of them, barrier behind them, and then a cover on top. Why these three? Very interesting. These are the three signs that Allah has given us to think about all the time. The front wall represents physical signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sun, the moon, the stars, your own creation, right? Things that you can see with your eyes. If you don't reflect through these, then why don't you look at the wall in the back? What's the wall in the back? Lessons from past history. Lessons of the previous nations. Don't you remember? Aad, Thamud, Lut, Nuh All these nations, what happened to them? They got destroyed. Aren't you learning from history? You don't want to learn from history? Fine, we will block even the last hope for you. What was the last hope? What's coming from up? Revelation, Quran. These people, they didn't benefit from signs in front of them. They didn't benefit from lessons of the past nor did they benefit from the Qur'an and therefore Allah blocks their front, their back and the, he closes the lid. You guys have no appreciation for any of these signs. Not even the Qur'an. Whereas they had the Qur'an, they had the Prophet ﷺ, the best of both methodologies, right? You have the best speech taught by the best teacher. What more do you want? Think about the Quraysh, Right? How messed up can you be that you're rejecting the best teacher who has the best characteristic by the way, sadiq al-ameen, right? The most qualified for this message, plus the best speech. And yet you reject, Then you deserve to be locked up from all sides. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, "Fi amadin mumaddada Interesting here, He says that there is columns in this hellfire now. So it's blocked from all sides, and there's these columns, Okay? Very tall beam structures. So, the imagery here is being drawn of you know, these disbelievers trying to climb up the beams and the columns to escape. But what happens when you hold on to a very hot beam? What happens? You can't hold on for too long. What's going to happen? You're going to fall again. And when you fall, that fire will catch the heart. And it's an ongoing cycle, you're just going up, falling down up falling down up falling down no escape this is the reality of this person who you know is just mocking he's hurting people's feelings he's you know for him it's just about his own feelings he doesn't care about other people's feelings insulting watching the tongue and you know just to end this the Prophet said that there's two things that if man can take care of I guarantee him Jannah two things if the man Can take care of, I guarantee him Jannah. How many of you want guaranteed Jannah? Hands up. Okay, he said two things. Number one, what's between the the jaws? What's between the jaws? The tongue. Watch your tongue. And he said, what's between the thighs? Your, you know, desires. Your temptations. If you can control these two, Jannah for you. And you know, we, we've talked about this, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah gave you one tongue, one tongue and two lips. So that you can be quiet more than you speak. And He gave you two ears and one tongue. Listen more and talk less. And the Prophet said, if you have nothing good to say, shut up. Literally. Khayran, aw liyasmut." Say something good if you have. If not, be quiet. Be quiet. You're, you're safer like that. You won't hurt people. You won't be, you know. And if you're really messed up, just go to sleep. At least you're not going to bother anybody. You're not going to accumulate any sins. So we ask Allah to make us people who are sensitive to others. We ask Allah to, inshallah, make our hearts in Ramadan clean and filled with love and mercy for our fellow brothers and you know sisters and our you know muslim brothers and sisters everywhere so that we can inshallah make the right decisions choose the right words and so we can stop ourselves from saying hurtful things to people insensitive things so that we can be protected from al khairan subhanakallahu bihamdik la ilaha illa ant wa rahmatullahi wa